in today's show. I'm here live on YouTube answering your questions. Hey, we're going to talk camera dish trade, I am sure. Michael Bolton, have you been traded or not? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Welcome to everybody who is here for the live show. Live, live on YouTube, going to be answering questions. Of course, a trade did go down. We'll just preface this show by just saying what the, the details of that trade were. Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill go from the Atlanta Hawks to the New York Knicks in exchange for a top 18 protected first round pick and Kevin Knox. So basically, it's Reddish for Knox. That's that's how... No, sorry. No, it's not. It's Reddish for a protected late first round pick. That's, that's what the deal uh, ends up being. <clears throat> we'll get to questions from you guys about it in a second. But my overall thoughts on it, is obviously it clears up some... Kevin Knox is not a part of what's happening in Atlanta. It clears up the value for Bogdanovich, for Herder, and for Hunter. And all of those guys from go from being maybe 29 minutes max, 30 minutes max, and the Herder maybe playing 25 minutes, to all of them probably getting 30 minutes a night, 31 minutes a night. Um, so they all become 12-team league options. I don't think that Bogdanovich, Herder, or Hunter are going to be absolute guarantee must roster blokes all season. They're all guys to be grabbed and to see what happens. But I think they're all probably going to end up in the fringy sort of range in the 110, 140 type area, which is fine in that sort of zone. Reddish, I don't, I'm, less, I'm less convinced on Reddish as others are, as you know from you know, what I've said about him as a player over the last three years. He goes to New York, sure. Is his role actually going to be any bigger? He's playing like 24 minutes a night in Atlanta. Like, is it going to be a bigger role? I'm not sure that it is. They already play 40 minutes a night of Roland Barrett. There's yeah, Fournier, who's been getting good minutes. There's Burks. Walker maybe returns. Quickly's there. Yeah, Reddish will be in the rotation, but will he be getting 31 a night? I really doubt that. Is he actually any better than Ivan Fournier, even though Fournier struggled this season? I'm not sure that he is. Reddish was already playing 23 minutes. Is he going to do more than that? I think he plays some more minutes, but I don't think there's any guarantee that Reddish plays 30 a night. I think he's a guy that you grab. Yeah, sure, let's see what happens. But not a player that is just waltzing into a you know, 31-minute-a-night role. Is he replacing Barrett? No. Is he replacing Fournier? Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, see, still quickly. Still Burks. Still Kemba. I don't know if they even play Kemba anymore, to be honest. But, you know, just interesting to see what they do there. I'm less clear on that one with the Knicks. Okay, so here we are to answer questions from you guys. Good to see everybody in here. Let's have a look at... Um, oh, yeah, the other, the other news, Bol Bol. Trade was waived. Did not passing a physical. He's not very good. You can drop him pretty clearly. You know, I wasn't too high on him prior to things anyway. Um... Let's go with this question to start things off. Vincent Zheng, 
Will you prioritize Kelly Olenek or DeAndre Hunter for playoff season? I think probably Olenek. I think he's got a more well-rounded fantasy game. Um, you know, Hunter plays 32 minutes. Olenek plays 26, 25. Olenek's a better fantasy producer. And I think there's obviously a potential for him to get those 25 to 26 minutes. Hunter's fine. He has very, very limited rebounding assist numbers. He's not a very high shot blocker or steals guy in general. And his shot, apart from like a 20-game sample, um, consistently hasn't been great. Now, his, his numbers this year weren't anywhere near close to 12-team league value. That was before he got hurt. After he came back from his knee injury last year, DeAndre Hunter, his numbers were bad as well. But before the knee injury, they were pretty good. They were really good, in fact. I don't really know who he is as a player at this point. But I'm not convinced that he is an excellent, excellent guy. He's averaging 11 points in 28 minutes so far this season, Hunter. Um, he's shooting 43% from three, but only 45 from two. It's hard for me to get a full grasp on where I see DeAndre Hunter. I'm not convinced that he's blowing up. Yeah, not, not, not convinced. I think along those lines, I hope that answers the question for you guys. Um, when do I see Anthony Davis returning to action? I, I would guess All-Star, maybe a little bit after All-Star break would be my guess on that one. Jordan Choat, or Choate, sorry for mispronouncing it, mate. What do you expect Rashawn Holmes to do the rest of the season? What do I expect him to do? Be the starter and be yeah, pretty solidly better than he has been the last like, two, three weeks. I have significant faith in um, Holmes to be a solid player, but I don't think he's a blow-up, all-star level guy, but I think he's much better than what we've seen. Is Alec Burks must roster in a 10-team league Pellegrini 50? No, I don't think so. Trung Nguyen, do I see Malik Monk's value dropping when Anthony Davis comes back? Yes, because he will lose you lose some shots and lose some usage, so his value will drop, yes. Will it drop out of being a um, rosterable guy? I'm not convinced. Jacob Dominic says Tibbs won't give him minutes and he loves Fournier. Yeah, look, that's that's the thing, right? Like, unless you're starting, it is hard. Like, Emmanuel quickly has been playing, honestly, at a better level than Cam Reddish over his two years in the in the league and doesn't you know, doesn't play more than 24, 25 minutes. It, it, there is no easy path for 30-plus for Reddish. And if Tibbs doesn't like him, forget it. It's just not going to happen. Interestingly enough, Kevin Knox and Cam Reddish are the same age. And everyone's like, oh, Knox is just a bust. He's terrible. Oh, Reddish, he's, he's young. He's got potential. He's improving. He's actually upped his field goal percentage to 40 this year. That's what someone told me. Like, Kevin Knox is shithouse. I know that. Reddish has not been particularly good in his NBA career, but he does have some flashes, and he is better than Knox. There's no debating that. Um, but I think, and I've said this on the show lots of times in the past, is that the he's one of those guys that when he has games, you, you trade him, you sell him high, because there are so many... There you go. Igor Goncalves, any info on the CP3 information, inconclusive test or positive? I haven't heard uh, either way. I'm just up as up in the air as everybody is about whatever's going on with Chris Paul missing um, missing practice today. Josh, who's a better player in nine cat leagues, Devin Booker or Fred VanVleet? Is easily, easily, Fred VanVleet, easily. Nero Nemesis, did I update the Hawks basketball monster projections? Yes, I did. All right, it's a terrible trade, Matthew Stubblefield says. What, what What's a terrible trade? Let us know. What, what do you mean? People think that the Hawks just got fleeced here. Man, how can you give up Reddish for that? I just... I think that there were negative impacts that Reddish may have had on that team with perhaps lack of effort at times, overly shooting the ball when he shouldn't have, maybe not fitting into the team structure as best as he could have. That would be my understanding of um, Reddish in Atlanta. 
And the fact that, again, they have been trying to unload him for a first-round pick for about a year and a half, and no one's given it because the value of Cam Reddish around the league and the reputation of him is not particularly high. That is why they have been... The asking price has been a first-round pick for a long time, and no one has been willing to do it. So that, that gives you an idea of where the value is. Um, okay. Do I have any sneaky updates revolving around a potential Miles Turner trade? Now, I've got no um, information on, on Miles Turner being traded. I think it is pretty likely. And that's just from reading tea leaves about the way that Turner speaks, about the way the organization uses him. I think that he's done. I think that he's going to get traded. I feel pretty confident with... I wouldn't say confident, but I think he's a more likely candidate to be traded than most players. Is there any chance the bowl news impacts that? No. Bowl bowl is a complete league irrelevancy. He doesn't impact anything. Is Chetty Osman a hold in a 16-team league? Yeah. Like, he's a, a, a usage scorer playing 30 minutes a night. So, in a 16-team league, you have to hold. I would consider holding in it. I don't think he's very good, Chetty Osman. But while Okoro is at, he's going to get 30 minutes a night. And the shot was horrible last game. But if instead of shooting 25%, he shoots 45%, he probably has like a 15.9 with you know, three boards or whatever. Like, he's not a great player. He's not a good player. But he's fine to hold, especially in a 16-team league. Yeah. Okay, let's go to um, another question. Garvey Valcourt, do I see Ben Simmons being traded before the deadline? I just picked him up in a 10-team standard points leagues where I'm 11-1. Well, you're right. You've got four weeks here. You've got an obviously huge buffer. Do I think he's getting traded? I would put it at less than 50%. Um, I'd say 0% he plays for the Sixers. So once trade deadline passes, I reckon you could feel pretty comfortable about moving on from him. But I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't say that he is... I wouldn't say it's more likely than not that he's traded. Jonathan Laufer. I know I saw this question from you in the comments, Jonathan. So here you go. Which player has the package sound? The package! It's Jaden Springer. Where does it come from? This is an Australian football commentator by the name of Brian Taylor who calls a player whose name is Jake Stringer, which is very similar to Jaden Springer, the package. So I just called Jaden Springer the package. That's all it is. Any news on CJ's kid? No, I have not heard anything about that at all, about whether he has had the child or not. Um, Angelo, you, do I drop Lillard? He's out four to six weeks. I'll be very surprised. Very surprised, uh, yeah, Angelo, whether that um, Lillard is back. There's almost no way he is playing. Four to six weeks is bullshit to me. It's just, there's just no chance. Like that, what does that put you in? End of February? And he's back start of March. Four weeks puts you all-star break. Uh, there is, but if I had Lillard, I would be expecting him not to play. Yeah, I would not expecting him to be playing at all this season. But what I do expect is for you to tell me, or for me to tell you, that BetOnline is wishing you a happy new betting year. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. There's a new updated desktop site and mobile site. And just go there. Sign up. Use our code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, let's have a, another look at some questions here. Um, just live reactions to stuff. Nothing really... Nope, nothing really going on there unless you care too much about Malcolm Hill being signed by the Chicago Bulls. How do I feel about Malcolm Brogdon? I went over that yesterday pretty um, extensively. Jordan Kim, do I think Desmond Bain is going to keep it up? Well, last game, he was actually pretty bad. 
Do I think he's going to keep it up? Yeah. While um, Dylan Brooks is out, his value is fine. My Always my concern with Baines, not that I don't think he's a good player, as last year, from basically the first week, I was saying, this guy needs to start on this team, and they should be starting him and playing more minutes. And I was you know, com- campaigning for that for a ton of time, right? I think he's really good. And I think he was considerably underdrafted in the NBA draft and not played enough last year. My problem is when he shares the court with Jackson, Brooks, and Morant, how does he get 18 shots? But the answer is he doesn't. And that's what's probably going to impact his value. But Brooks, he's out five weeks. So yeah, his value is going to sustain for quite a while here. And then when Brooks comes back, maybe Jackson's out or maybe Morant's out or someone else might be done. And that's the way that that value keeps up. On a fully fit team, I just think his usage drops enough to make him go from being this top 60-ish player to being top 100, top 110, which is a significant drop. But that's not happening for any sort of time um, happening. Shahia Salati, do I think over-prepping for fantasy leads to bad drafting decisions? It's an interesting question. I wouldn't say over-prepping does. I think overthinking does, and I think they're two different things. You can prep, and obviously I prep tons, right? Because that's what I do. That's my job. I think overthinking things leads to more problems. Well, what if well, this guy might get traded, and this team might get bad, and they will be shutting players down, and then they'll be tanking, and then this playoff schedule is going to make things like that sort of stuff leads to bad drafting decisions. I'm not drafting this guy because two years ago he got hurt and now they're going to be bad and they're going to shut down and then I'm going to have to trade this guy. That sort of stuff leads to bad decision-making. Um, over-prepping, I, I don't... Jacob Dominic, I should be able to move Vanderbilt Bar for Rashawn Holmes. Should I hit it? Yeah, I would do that. Absolutely. Okay. Which players have the same value of, as Karis Levert? At the moment, I think you'd be looking at, at Levert in you know, a category league as like a 40... You know, 50 to 80 player, like that sort of range. His value does change significantly because of uh, the shooting numbers, which can be solid or they can be just downright dreadful. And that makes his value makes his value drop. Top waiver wire pickup for tonight in a points league. Okay, let's have a look. Let's have a look who I do have available. Who could be available. Uh, Dennis Smith. Yeah, Dennis Smith's the clear one there. Uh, Dayron Sharp, uh, just behind him. But Dennis Smith with no Simons, no Lillard, no McCullum, no Powell. It's going to be Smith. Macklemore, a pretty good one as well. Uh, I heard Paul George is out for the season. Is this true or it's fake? Well, it's completely fake if you're phrasing it that way. Is there a chance Paul George is out for the season? Yes, but there is no chance that he has been confirmed out for the season. That is not true. Where's the sound effect? All right, that's good stuff from. All right, that's good stuff. It's Warwick Kappa. Anyone here know who Warwick Kappa is? That's Warwick Kappa. Um, okay. Three, enters health and safety protocols. Cameron Payne is a 12-team grab. Yep, I believe so. Yep. Um, he'll yeah, he'll have some rough shooting nights at times. But getting a starting point guard um, who can get you seven assists and hit two or three threes and score 15, 16 points, that's really valuable, even if it's just for a week. So yes, he would be. Okay, what else have we got? Do I think Yurt Seven's minutes stay around 30 until Bam gets back? Or were they easily Undertaker in last night? No, I think 28 to 30 is realistic for Yurt Seven until um, Bam comes back. I don't think that... Deadman's not that good of a player that he has to get, you know, 25 minutes. He wasn't even getting 25 minutes a night every night before he got hurt. So I do think that Yurt7 can hover around that 30 mark, at least until um, Adebayo comes. Lamar Stevens, a long-term hold in a points league? In a 12-team league, I, I probably wouldn't. Um, in deeper leagues, yeah, sure. But again, it is going to be an impact when uh, Isaac Okora comes back and he's going to lose a ton of minutes. 
Wiss, John Jumron says, would I ever get my son into fantasy basketball? He doesn't really like the NBA that much. Like he's massively into the NFL. And I said, like, what are you going to do now? The NFL is like after the playoffs, what are you going to watch? He goes, oh, yeah, obviously the AFL starts then. He goes, oh, maybe I'll start watching basketball. He sort of knows a little bit about basketball. A lot of his friends are big NBA guys, but I don't really think. Um, what is my source for saying that CJ McCollum and I play? I can't tell you who my source is. I just know that I've been, I've been told that there is, it, there is no guarantee that CJ returns. I am not, and I am, I would not trade away CJ McCollum unless I got a top 40 player back. I would just be quite cautious about it is what I have been told. This is not like a guarantee type of thing that I've been told. It's just that yeah, maybe not. So I'm not telling you who my source is. That's not how sourcing works. But this is what I have been told, like what I told you about the Damian Lillard stuff. This, what I've been told is that it is no guarantee that CJ comes back and plays out this huge... Josh, 1v1 me in B-ball. You'd probably beat me. Um, what does my Lillard source say about Paul George? Michael, in a 30-team dynasty points league, which side? Wood or Holmes and Herder? Um, it's a good one. I don't, I don't think that Christian Wood is a long-term high-level NBA starter. I think Holmes has got a higher chance. That's, I'll take the two players there in the 30 team, especially uh, Holmes and Herder. Yeah, take those guys. Karina says she's pretty sure she's the only girl in here. Any other girls here? Josh, which of the following guards would you trade for an elite big man? Fred Van Vliet, Luca, Mitchell, Morant. 14-team points league. Well, you can have a look and sort of see where your where these guys are valued in your league, Karina. Um, I'm going to guess they're all pretty similar. And I don't really see massive amounts changing with any of those four players. So what they're currently doing feels like it's you know, relatively sustainable. So realistically, the one that I'm a little bit more worried about is Doncic because of the persistent ankle problems. And you can probably get a high enough return. Ben Langer. Says, do I think Al Horford is likely to keep his minutes up in the high 20s? Was a trend from last week going to continue? I am a little bit worried about the minutes. I think probably, if I had to say 30 or 25, I think he's closer to 25. But realistically, it's probably 26, 27 most nights for Horford. But I am a little bit worried about where um, where he sits at the moment in that rotation. But I'm not worried about Bilt Bar because Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. But it is what we need to do. We're here in January. You're sitting here like a fat prick like me. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Maybe you're absolutely rock solid, abs like steel. But if you want to get to that shape and if you want to get rid of those sugary treats, maybe you want some Built Bar. Built Bar is that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So instead of having actual candy bars, which are just jam-packed full of sugar and fat and calories, have a Built Bar. It's high in protein, 17 grams, 130 calories only. So while you're working out, instead of getting your energy from those things, which are bad for you, get the high protein ones in and they taste bloody great. Cookies and cream or coconut or orange or raspberry. Built Bar has so many great flavors and they're always chucking out special edition ones um, onto their website and their website is built.com. So why don't you go to built.com, use our code LOCK15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and save 15% off your Built Bar order. Built Bar is built different. Okay, is Isaac Okoro ever going to figure it out? It's hard to say that for sure, given that he's you know one and a half years into his NBA career. But he was that bloke coming out of college who didn't have much offensive upside um, or offensive production or was a really good shooter or anything like that. And the same things happened in the NBA. Um, defensively, I think he's pretty good. 
And I think that will continue to be really solid for him. But I don't think that we should be... You know, the common thing is, well, well, Kawhi Leonard was a bad offensive player in college and he figured it out, right? I don't think that should be the blanket statement you throw onto these horrible shooting offense zero defensive guys. That's the absolute exception. And sure, it might happen again, but he also might be Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. That, that's, that's the reality of where these guys sit. And I think that if you go into that idea with Isaac Okoro is going to be Kid Gilchrist and anything you get on top of that's a bonus, that's probably going to serve you a little bit. Um, when will Thomas Bryant rise from the ashes like a phoenix? Why does everybody think Thomas Bryant is great? I think he is totally fine. A guy that can put up numbers in a situation where a team's not very good and he doesn't have much competition. But as I said, probably a year or two years, years ago, like when a team gets good, Thomas Bryan is not your starting center option, I don't think. His defense is really bad. He can be a really good shooter and that's valuable. It's really valuable. I look at him more as a you know, longer term, like a Naz Reed sort of a player, a higher usage backup center, Ennis Freedom type guy that can shoot um, rather than this, what an absolute stud, everything needs to be cleared out, let's build around Thomas Bryant sort of player. What's my opinion on double-doubles as a category? Shit, bad category, terrible category. And I'll tell you why. Because it's a binary, right? It's either you get a double-double or you don't. So it's ones or zeros, right? That makes it bad to begin with. It's a limited supply category. I can't just say, well, I need three points, so I've got to go and add someone off the wire. Uh, I, I need I need 0.2 double-doubles, so I just grab someone. There is only a set amount of people in the league that can regularly get you double-doubles. It is a very limited category. It's also a double-counting category. I'm already counting points and rebounds or points and assists. So why, when I make an arbitrary number of 10, do I get this bonus thing in another category? It's a terrible fantasy category. I was going to say change, change my mind, but uh, you won't be able to. I've played in plenty of leagues with double-doubles. They're shithouse. Um, how often do I follow my own advice in my leagues? Like literally always. Like always. Why would I be out here? Look, my major, um, my major part of what I do is not managing my own team. It's producing videos and articles and projections for every player in the league and talking to people. That is what my job is. So it's not about me going, I'm going to go and tell all you guys something and then I'm going to do the opposite. Ha ha ha, you guys are all wrecked. I don't actually basketball. So yeah, like if I say something, it's it's what I believe. And it's what I would, if I have an opportunity to add this player, I do. It's simple as that. I, I, I think it's as simple as that. Anyway, is Fultz close to return? Well, we've got no idea, Rahul, because the magic won't tell us shit. I would expect in the next couple of weeks, maybe, but who knows, man? Like, honestly, who knows? We just don't know when he's going to come back. Um, I'm not sure if you already answered this, Will asks, but in theory, could Julius Randle play point and they play Cam at the 2-3 with Fournier, Barrett, and Reddish? Uh, that sounds, no offense, like, sorry, kids. That sounds fucking terrible. Julius Randle is a point guard. Like, we, it just doesn't work. Like, he cannot be that number one guy. Who, um, and Reddish also isn't that good that you have to build and change your fundamentals around your team just so you can get him into the rotation in big minutes. I guess there's a possibility. Look, Reddish can handle the ball a bit. Fournier can handle it a bit. Barrett can handle it a bit. Randall can handle it a bit. They're all capable enough guys. I guess I could see it and they put Burks and Walker on the bench. But I don't think that Reddish is actually that good that he just waltzes in straight away, plays 30 minutes a night and changes the whole structure of the rotation. I don't see that happening.
Um, okay. Who's Quentin? Expand on this. Hey, Quentin. I... Um, okay. Is Westbrook a buy low? A little bit, but I also just don't. And by buy low, you must be chucking your worst players at him, and you've got to be willing to accept that you're punting field goals and free throws. That's, but yes, I guess, I guess he's a buy low, but not for everybody. Alazi, Josh, can you help me? I can't drop Lillard. He's undroppable. No one's accepting any offers. I, I can't do what, what can I do for you? I tell your commissioner to make him droppable if you want to drop him. And you can't, ex you can't force someone to trade with you. Undroppable lists are terrible. Said it a million times. They are trash. You should not have them. Just tell your commission to change it. Um, okay. Let's have a look. Will the postponed games alter the schedule of the respective teams in the final weeks of the regular season? Minibar, that's already been determined. All the postponed games have been rescheduled, so you can already see how things have changed. That's already happened, mate. Um, Calden Johnson or Vassell? Is that, is that funny? Like, one of those players has actually produced 12-team value this season, and the other one of those is Calden Johnson. So I guess it depends on, on what you're looking for. Vassell is not, you know, this huge upside player this year because the minutes aren't just going to be there, but he has produced... Is Herbalife Jones performing better than Horford at the moment in your rankings? Over the last couple of weeks, yes. Cons yes, consistently. Um, over the course of the season, no. I... Jackie Huang says, I'm not sure if you answered this, but one of my thoughts on Zion, he was dropped in my league. Should I scoop? Should you scoop? I don't think Zion's playing this year, honestly. I, I'm, my faith in him playing this year is pretty low. If you do have an empty injured reserve slot and there's no cost to adding Zion, do it. But honestly, he's not back this month. Be pretty surprised if he's back before All-Star. Be pretty surprised if he's back before the start of March. Maybe he's back in March. I don't know any of this, but I'd be really shocked. I think the likelihood of him coming back before All-Star break is significantly lower um, than him not playing this season. I'm not expecting anything out of him. Okay. Do I think the Knicks or the Hawks won the trade? Does anyone need to have won it? I, I think that... It's a trade that in the end probably doesn't mean a huge amount. It might help the Hawks a little bit clarify some of their playing time issues without creating locker room consternation. Like you can give more minutes to Herder and to Bogdanovich and to Hunter without Reddish complaining or others complaining that he's not getting enough touches. I think that's a possibility. Um, and maybe they turn that first round pick into something good. And the Hawks have had a lot of success in the draft. I think Jalen Johnson's going to be a good pick for them. John Collins at that sort of area was a great pick. Kevin Herter in that area was a great pick in the draft. They do some pretty good later first round draft pick scouting. And it could also work out well for the Knicks. Reddish might actually blossom. Maybe he does have a big role there. I don't think there's a clear winner or loser of this trade. I think it's something that could end up being um, just... The what do I think of Chris Boucher, the Toronto center currently? Do I think he'll play well from now to later? Um, he is playing at a good level now with injured players. I worry where his minutes sit. Maybe they're 21 when players return. That's always going to be my worry because when he plays minutes, Boucher, he will honestly put up fantasy stats and we know this. It's pretty clear. But it's getting those minutes on a healthy team that generally tends to be the struggle for Boucher. And we've seen that many, many times before. I reckon we'll do a couple more questions here before we head out of here. What are the chances of Wood being traded? Uh, I, I think, again, with everyone getting traded, it's always less than 50%. He's got a better chance than most of being traded, but I'm not expecting it to happen. Okay. 
Do I think Covington will stay in the starting lineup when Lance is back? Do you mean Nance? I assume you do. No, I assume. I know you do. Um, No, I think they will go back to Nance. Okay. Is Valanchunas for Sabonis an even trade? 12 team, 11 cat, double, double. Well, what's the 10th cat? I would suggest that Sabonis is probably a little higher than Valanchunas. But, like, even, like, even trade? Like, people get so hung up. Is this even? Is this fair? It doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter if something's even and fair. You don't have to have exactly the same value on either side of a trade. You just need two people to agree to it. I probably would prefer the Sabonis side there. Again, not knowing what your 10th category is. Mate, your work schedule is crazy. What time? 6.30? Um, how tall am I? I'm six foot three. Okay. We'll do one more question. Just trying. Is Darius going to keep it up? Baisley? Garland? I'm going to assume you mean Garland. Do I think he's going to keep it up? Yeah, I do. Like, I don't see why things would change. He's really good. He's the best player on that team. Um, his usage is up. He's good assist. He's a good shooter. No reason for me to think that Darius Garland won't keep up his production. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you are here on YouTube and you're watching this live, or even if you're watching the replay, go check a thumbs up on it. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.